Crusaders and welcome to another edition of Batman, the animated series podcast. I'm your host, Alex Robson, and with me as always is my co-host, my brother, comic book artist and writer, and the guy who's got to work so I can eat. It's Mr. Will Robson. Say hello, Will. It's me, everybody. It's your favorite podcaster, Will Robson in the house. He does two other podcasts without me, and suddenly he's a famous podcaster. Oh, yeah, I'm an expert now. I know how mm. to lean into the mic and speak into it. And... Oh, you've learned that on other podcasts, but not yeah, ours. Yeah, I just didn't feel like I'd le- I was learning anything on this one. I had to reach out to like more professional podcasts, and they, <laughs> and they really showed me the ropes. So, you know, yeah. I'm kind of here, kind of just, you know, just as a favorite you, bud, now. So let's just, uh, let's get going, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being such a dick today. You We've already me. been talking off pod and I've just been ragging on him. <laughs> How's the art life going, you you twat? <laughs> oh. Um, I uh I haven't been drawing at all actually, because I finished up drawing my Joker backups on Monday, last Monday. Um, and then all I've been doing is focusing on the old Kickstarter baby for my book that I've launched on Kickstarter, which is called Outbreaks. It's an ongoing zombie anthology comic. And uh, we so far have raised over £2,000, but we're trying to hit a £3,000 goal. So if any of you guys like my work, if any of you guys support this podcast, please go to Kickstarter, search for Outbreaks and make a pledge and buy the book and enjoy it because it's pretty cool. And I'm really hoping that we get funded because I think now we're like at what, like 67% nearly there or something like that. So yeah, congratulations, man. That's awesome. I'm really happy to see that. And it's um, slowly climbing. You're obviously you're out there, you're doing other podcasts, which is great. Um, I've listened to them. You went on extreme horror replay podcast, which was great. Um, And I know Ben from that podcast, we kind of cross paths on another pod. And then you also went on comics launch, which was um, with your buddy all about uh, Kickstarters and how to launch your books on Kickstarter. That was with Tyler James, who created Comics Drive, along with a few other people, which is a really cool, small press independent company. One of the first, actually the first company I ever worked for as a comic book artist was them when I did the standard 10 or 11 years ago. Right. And these guys have always just like Tyler's kind of turned it into a side profession of teaching other people how to make successful podcasts. Uh, And he has all like these great podcasts talking about it, articles, this, that, and the other, you know, anybody, if you're interested in launching a a Kickstarter, especially a comic book one, I think it's comicslaunch.com. And that's probably with an X comics. It is. Yeah, you're right um great stuff great guy and yeah i had a really fun time on both the interviews so i've i'm I'm kind of doing like a like a press junket of podcast to, mm. to promote my book because i had someone else do that and i thought that was a really cool and fun idea since i have all the equipment and i'm ready to go and i'm in between work right now so i've got the time so yeah if any of you guys listening to this got a cool podcast and you want me to talk about my book then hit me up baby <laughs> where can they find you if they want to get in contact Anywhere at Robson Inc. And that's Robson Inc. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> Robson I-N-K on the interwebs. Uh, you can find me there or you can email me at robsonrequest at gmail.com because that is my business email. So yeah, just looking at the Kickstarter. It's it's going well. I've still got like, it hasn't even been a week yet. So I'm really hoping we're going to hit it. But you never know. It could just stop here. And then like 24 days later, I'm like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is the first time that we've done a pod together where it's been live. We've been talking about it for a few months now, building it up. So it was great that on launch day, you hit over 50% on launch day, didn't you? 
Yeah, I had some incredibly generous uh, donations. One of the donations, they're, they're pledges because it's different pledge levels because you get a product in return. I'm not saying, hello, help me. I, I, I want this thing to happen in my life and people give money towards, which is totally fine. My brother did it. It was awesome. He raised money. And now look at him. He's making pizzas for a living. It's awesome. <laughs> but I'm just saying this is like a storefront to buy my book. Except if you don't buy it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, like we'll go out of business if you don't yeah, buy it. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it is every time I do this, it's going to be a going out of business sale, essentially. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just uh, I'm really happy with the way it's going. If we hit that 3000 goal, that's amazing because then I can actually get it colored and printed. And if we suddenly make over the goal, then that's even better because I will start putting money into the second issue, which I'm going to be launching in October. And if that happens, that's great because I can start asking for less money and start charging less for the product itself. So the exciting thing is, you know, my, in my biggest wildest dream, this will be an ongoing series that I continuously launch through Kickstarters two or three times a year. So I'm looking forward to hopefully that becoming a reality. Hell yeah, for everyone that's listening, if you don't know, my brother's doing a anthology series based around all zombie outbreaks or just zombies in general, zombie stories told through all different lenses. So it's not just the typical, oh, survivors have to survive the zombie apocalypse. There's a lot of themes. There's a lot of really cool hooks. There's a lot of things that haven't been seen before, much like Black Mirror, which is an anthology series all focused around technology. He's taking that same idea but all focusing in around zombies. So the first story is Rotten Luck, which is about two guys stuck in a drunk tank and how are they going to escape the jail with zombies behind the bars and no one there to save them. And then Dead Eye Dick, which is a story about the man who has the first eye transplant back in like the 40s or 50s. But what he doesn't know is that it was a transplant from a zombie. So as much as he's gaining all these superhuman abilities and he's learning how to, you know, control these powers and he's a detective he's also starting to crave human flesh and how is he going to satisfy that because if he doesn't he's going to turn into a zombie so those are the two stories that you can get with issue one and as we continue i'm even going to be a part of it there's a story i've written called dog of the dead which is basically homeward bound meets the zombie apocalypse it's a really great story it's told through the eyes of scout which is this dog who gets separated from his family during an outbreak and how is he going to get back to them? Along with a multiple other stories that he's written. So go check it out, guys. You can go to speechcomics.com or you can type in Outbreaks and Kickstarter. And please pledge to that campaign and help it become a reality. And if you can't pledge, if money is so tight, if your butthole is so tight, you can't let out a single penny, then, sh then share it. Single point. <laughs> then share it around because sharing it around does a lot of good as well in fact if you do pledge can you share it as well because that is just the double whammy and that's what we're looking for so please help them out go to kickstarter outbreaks check it out and uh, I, i've seen that some people have pledged that listen to this show so thank you guys so much for the ones that did that it really means a lot absolutely all right buddy you ready to do a caped capers let's do it Showtime. The Joker's escape from Arkham Asylum, Robin. All work and no play, you know. It's gonna be one of those nights. I don't have time for jokes. Hey, no problemo, Batman. Quiet. Come on, let's do a pizza run. You don't touch anything, say anything, or do anything unless I tell you. Got it? Relax. You've had a busy day. All right, this week's Caped Capers has been written in by listener Jason Thurwood. Jason has said, Batman and Robin, 
are captured by Two-Face and tied up and hung above a tub of acid. Two-Face gives the Cape Crusaders a choice. One will live and one will die. A choice with two options, but only one survivor. What will the dynamic duo do? Mm, classic, classic. Now, I remember off-pod, you and I joked about who Two-Face could be, and we were, like, singing songs and have, laughing, but I don't remember who it was, do you? I can't remember either. Really? No. Oh, no! Well, I've got a list today here, bud, and I thought okay. we could just... I'll share the list... So, because for this, yeah, I was about to say, if people don't know what we're talking about, if you listen to our previous episodes in Cape Crusaders, when we do these silly shenanigans, we've been giving the voices of all of Batman's Rogue Gallery terrible impersonations of popular pop stars and rock stars. Uh, and it's been very fun, and I've enjoyed doing it a lot. Um, for instance, we've had The Penguin, played by Paul McCartney. That's right, that's me, the bloody penguin. Or The Riddler, played by John Lennon. That's right, it's me, the Riddler. Riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> or we've had Ra's al Ghul, played by Elvis Presley. Oh, I'm gonna go into the Lazarus pit. I'm caught in the pit. <laughs> Do you know I sing that almost on a daily basis? I sing, I'm caught in the pit, and I can't get out. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> that was, was really good. Um, we've had uh, Randy Newman. Dr. Hugo Strange. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that one. That's me. I'm with you. I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm Hugo Strange. <laughs> and of course, we've had Michael Jokerson. Batman's arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about Catwoman. Oh, Dolly Parton as well. That's we done right. a lot of episodes. It's me. Got some classics. Okay. We love a Bruce's life. Move over, Talia. So we've got Two-Face today. Harvey Dent. I've got a list. Okay. Okay. We've got Tom Waits, <laughs> okay, which could be pretty good. Um, we've got Johnny Cash, okay. which could be all right. We've got Louis Armstrong, which I think would be hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I am Two-Face. I might have to get a drink to be able to like, save my throat from that one. I've got Frank Sinatra, although I don't, sh- I'm not sure how we can do no, it. No, I think the better choice would be someone like Sammy Davis Jr., baby. So he's on my list. I think that would be really good. So why don't you just, th- why don't you just think about which one you want to do, and then we'll just start the scenario. All right. So... Uh, we're hanging above a tub of acid. Oh, Batman, I don't like what the, the situation that we're in, Batman. Oh, my God. It's, it's Calm acid. down, Robin. Calm down. We'll be fine. But he, he, Mr. Two-Face said one of us, one of us is going to have to die and one of us is going to live. Well, baby, is it not the dynamic duo? <laughs> and you know me, I love things that come in two, baby. Yeah. That's right, Batman. Two-Face likes things that come in, too, because he's got two faces. That's right. Thank you for filling in the audience, baby, and what I like. <laughs> baby. Baby. <laughs> That's cool, man. I like the way you say baby. <laughs> yeah, please get off the phone, Penguin. This is my skit, man. <laughs> he's just, like, flipping a coin all cool, like, man, yeah, baby. Yeah, I catch it behind my back. Wow. <laughs> Batman, what are we going to do? Two-Face says that one of us has to die. Well, if it's going to be one of us, Robin. It's you, Batman. I understand. <laughs> no, no, it's you. Do you know how? Look, I have like six Robins lined up ready to go. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to hit that age where I lose interest in you and then I start all over again. Batman. And not in a sexual way, for Christ's sake. <laughs> no one said that, Batman. Why'd you oh, mind going People there? thought it. People thought it. Who? <laughs> Everyone. Okay, Batman. Alfred. Alfred thought it. 
Did he? <laughs> Enough chit-chat up there, you two cool kittens. It's time to choose which one plunges into an acidy death and which one survives to freaking party with the rest. I made it rhyme, baby, because everything comes in twos. I can give you another verse because there's two verses, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, rapper, yeah. Batman, whilst Mr. Two-Face is jammering on, do you want to try to figure out how to escape this death trap so I don't have to die, Batman? I'm just a little the, boy, Batman. I think the best way of escaping is just for me to, you know, leave you here. You're going to let me I, die? It's freaking Sammy, Sammy Davis Two-Face. Like, I'm a huge fan. Like, <laughs> Sammy pack. Davis Two-Face. <laughs> it's Sammy Davis Two-Face, baby. Ah, I used to be the the DA, and now I'm I'm a bad guy. <laughs> That's right, DA. That's two fucking syllables, baby. District attorney. <laughs> I also am banging two ladies at the same time. They don't know about it, but it's happening. Oh, oh, that's what Batman Forever shout out there with the uh, devil and the the angel. No, but it makes sense. <laughs> One of those actresses is famous, and she Drew Barrymore, yeah, uh, Drew Barrymore, baby. <laughs> That's right. I put half my penis in Drew Barrymore because <laughs> I only do. Don't two. ask me how I did it. I got two dicks. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that'd be so scary if he had two dicks. He needed two of everything. And one, one is just regular and the other is just charred up. <laughs> it may be charred, but it's still good to go. Just tickle it with your fingers a little bit. <laughs> Use two fingers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's so funny if he has two of everything. <laughs> what? I got two eyes, two hands, two noses. What? <laughs> <laughs> two nipples. Two nips, baby. Oh, wait. That's normal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> two butt cheeks. Butt cheeks, baby. Batman, while Mr. Two Face has been yammering on about his two dicks, I've escaped, Batman. I'm free. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I guess you got to let me go then, right? Because it's not a choice anymore. Let me see. When you said you wanted me to die earlier, I've kind Robin, of taken that Robin. into consideration. <laughs> let me out of here, Robin. Batman. Robin. Batman. Robin. <laughs> All right, Batman. Jeez. I, uh, right. Look, I'll take you to McDonald's after this, okay? We'll get your favorite. Mm. We'll get you two hamburgers with nothing on them. Lots two, of baby. <laughs> Don't, did you say two? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm still around. I get a double cheeseburger, man. <laughs> yeah, I get the Big Mac because it comes with two panties, baby. <laughs> oh, no, but it comes with three buns. Ah! <laughs> he just jumps into the acid. <laughs> having an aneurysm, baby. Oh, wow. Actually, you know what? They they make up, they all go to the drive-thru, and then Batman orders, Robin orders, and they're like, Two-Face, what do you want? And he's like, I, I can't decide, baby. I gotta flip a coin. <laughs> I have the number two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was very good. And then they're all just eating it in the Batmobile in silence. Yeah, <laughs> just like, like, what the... will we find about again? <laughs> ah. Everyone's uh, crinkling wrappers and like sucking yeah. on straws, and they're just like, mm. I love you. I missed you, Harvey. You know, like just <laughs> hanging out with the hobster. No, I miss you too, Bobby. It just knows it's Bruce. Yeah, I know it's you. <laughs> Go watch a movie or something? Catch a double feature, baby? Oh, double feature! <laughs> all right. Why am I so impressed by all of your double references? <laughs> it's such an easy layup, but it impresses me. You know, all my favorite candy bars is a Twix, because it comes with two pieces, baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're just they've left him by now. <laughs> like, all right, we get the I just hate that the new Harvey, like it's all personalities too. It's like, oh Christ's sake. It's exhausting. All right, and that is Batman and Robin meet Two Face. <laughs> so if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a written review on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, as it helps us back grapple up the charts and attract both new listeners and guests. Tell a friend about the pod or share it on your socials, as that's the fastest way to grow a podcast. Also, go follow us on social media at Batman TAS Pod on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, on YouTube everywhere but twitter which is at batman tas pod one and that's because why some prick took the freaking batman <laughs> TAS pod handle and we can't get it from him but no it's because we are the number one batman the animated series podcast you got damn right and on our socials or in the description of this episode you'll find our linktree account which includes a tip jar where you can give us any amount of money you can afford to give if you so wish podcasts cost money and have become even harder to monetize these days and as we aren't billionaire playboy philanthropists any amount you can afford to give us is not necessary but always greatly appreciated plus you can find the link to will's kickstarter in the description of this episode so you can click on it you can go there you can share it you can pledge to it do all the good stuff and finally, you can follow me everywhere at Chef Alex Robson to see what I'm doing in my life. Or you can follow Will on his socials to stay up to date with what he's working on now and get a glimpse into the workday of a comic book artist and a writer. Will, where can our listeners find you? Anywhere at Robson Inc. And that's Robson I-N-K. That's right. All right, bud, as usual, we'll get into a bit of news before we kick off our episode review of The Forgotten. So our first bit of news is Seth Rogen has revealed the Ninja Turtles animated movie voice cast. Would you like to know who's Ooh, playing who? Yes, I would very much like that as I am a huge Turtles fan. So all of the Turtles are being played by children. So, and I don't know who they are, so I haven't even written Teen them down. Teenagers? Teenagers. Okay. <laughs> There's like children. I mean, they look pretty young in their pictures. Children, but... mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but they're teenagers. So that makes Fine. sense. Um, but we have Jackie Chan as Splinter. Oh, that's good, great. It's a good choice, isn't it? Then Seth Rogen himself is going to play Bebop. That's and, absolutely fine as well. Yeah, and he, I mean, he played a pig um, in the Lion King remake because he voiced oh, um, Pumba. Pumba. So that really works. And John Cena is going to be Rocksteady. Yeah, okay. Rocksteady is kind of an open casting thing. Like, anybody could be Rocksteady. But I can see John Cena kind of doing, like, a dumb, like, rhino, like, voice. You know, like, that deep voice that uh, Rocksteady can have. I think he'll probably just do John Cena. Yeah, he probably will. That that will work. John Cena and Seth Rogen together. That sounds fun. Yeah, that does. Um, Okay, then Giancarlo Esposito is Baxter Stockman. Is that um, the, the guy from Breaking Bad? It is. That is uh, Gus from Breaking Bad. That's or, cool. Or also uh, Moth Gideon from Mandalorian. Okay, great. So that's pretty cool. And then we've got Rose Byrne as Leatherhead. Uh, Rose Byrne is in Insidious. She's Australian. She's also in the movie Neighbors with Seth Rogen. She's his wife. And they, you know, obviously live next door to the frat house. Do you know who I'm I, talking oh, about? So Le- it's Le- I thought Leatherhead was a male character, but I guess maybe they changed I, it to a female pr- character. They must be, yeah. That's fine as well. Um, and then Natasia Dimitri or Natasia, um, I'm butchering the name, or maybe it's just Natasha and I spelt it wrong, but, uh, she is playing Wingnut and she is what we do in the shadows. She's, um, oh, okay, cool. What's the character's name? Uh, oh, Nadia. Nadia Fantasia. Thank you. 
she's playing Wingnut. And then finally, Paul Rudd is playing Mondo Gecko. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's no Shredder. Interesting. Well, I mean, well, they got Baxter. Uh, and if it's if it's mm. him, then I assume he's going to turn into like the fly thing, right? Yeah, I would think so. And maybe they're storing Shredder for like a post credits to be like, this is what you got to look forward to if we do a second one. Yeah. But it sounds like they're going to be fighting Mausers and stuff like that, which I'm all, I love turtles fighting Mausers. So. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And Bebop from Rockstar. Look, there's loads of people in Leatherhead as well. Like, there's tons and tons of great characters in there. So, great. Yep. So, I look forward to that. It's a shame it's not live action, but oh well. I mean, we're getting new Turtles stuff done by Seth Rogen, who is killing it when he does stuff, you know? Mm. like. And did you say this is CGI? Uh, I'm not sure. It's an animated movie, so it could be CGI. It could be 2D. I'm not sure. Like, I really like Invincible um and i uh, i didn't really like the the adaptation of preacher but um I, I i love the boys so seth rogan is involved in all of those projects so i trust him with it yeah yeah invincible's amazing and the boys are amazing so i think it will be it's it's definitely worth giving it a go right so, so you're not telling sure. me the casting of the turtles are because i just wouldn't know who they are yes and i couldn't be asked i didn't even know who they were so i was like okay they're teenagers hopefully they do well Okay, as long as they're not like TikToking and stuff like that. <laughs> TikToking, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, if, I guess. If Mike, Mike, if Mike, if like freaking uh, Mikey, like is like pointing in the air and moving his head, it's just like I am a turtle, like the way people do on TikTok. I wouldn't be surprised if there was the, a lot of that included because hashtag turtle power. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next bit of news, McFarlane Toys revealed the Flash movie toy line, which includes a very detailed Batman Michael Keaton statue, which looks awesome, and Tim Burton's Batmobile makes a return, and they've made some modifications from, like, the old toys, you know, because the old toys never used to have a sliding mm-hmm. hood. They'd have either one you could put on, or they just didn't have one at all. They would have, like, a little windshield instead. So it's really detailed. It looks awesome. You've got the gold bat signals on each of the tires, right in the middle of the hubcap. I think, I like, again, this movie, because Keaton's in there and because Burton's Batmobile and Burton's Batman is in there, I'm, I'm down to see it. Blinded by nostalgia. Yeah. But... Get your ass off your couch and get into a theater. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go see it. Okay, and our second to last bit of news. Batman, the doom that came to Gotham comic is being made into a DC animated movie. The original comic was written by Mike Mignola, who's obviously of Hellboy fame. Oh yeah, and it's written by Richard Pace as well. And art by Troy Nixie, Dennis Jank, and Dave Stewart. The story is a 1920s-based tale that finds explorer Bruce Wayne accidentally unleashing an ancient evil, expediting his return to Gotham City after two decades of being gone. The logic and science-driven Batman must battle Lovecraftian supernatural forces threatening the sheer existence of Gotham, along with being aided and confronted by reimagined versions of his well-known allies and enemies, including Green Arrow, Ra's al Ghul, Mr. Freeze, Killer Croc, Two-Face, James Gordon, and Bruce's beloved wards. Plural on wards. I have read this book, and it was not what I expected, and it's definitely like an Elseworlds tale, but it's a complete story. It's not like, we're going to keep on going with this. You pick up this graphic novel, it's start to finish a whole story. And I I liked it for what it was. I liked some of the tweaks. I always like when people reimagine Batman's world, when they're like, this isn't canon, this is just us having fun. So I really enjoyed it. But again, 
Will it translate into a DC animated movie? I guess we'll wait and find out because we've been let down before with like Long Halloween and others. Yeah, I, I just don't watch them. I, they're not for me and that's fine. But if yeah. people enjoy them, then hopefully this is one that they've been looking for. I've actually personally never even heard of this book before, So, but it's an interesting plot. Yeah, it's it's a good one. It's fun. I like, again, when people tweak with Batman's story, change the time period. It's kind of like what you're doing with Outbreaks, right? Where you're like, I'm taking a zombie story, mm. but I'm going to put it in the 50s and make it film noir and, you know, things like that that just change the entire ambiance of Ambiance, the story. Yeah. And finally, the last bit of news is there is a Penguin spin-off show coming, as we all know, and it recently cast Clancy Brown as Sal Maroney. Sal Maroney. <laughs> so, uh, Clancy Sal- Brown. I'll watch it for him, man. I love Clancy Brown. Yeah, so Sal Maroney um, obviously is big in the Long Halloween stories. He's a gangster. And in the Batman, the movie, Sal Maroney is the gangster that has been put away in prison. And everybody talks about like he used to run the drugs ring in Gotham before he was brought up in charges. So we're finally going to get to have a face the name and it's Clancy Brown playing it. And I think Clancy Brown... I'm just watching him in Superman the Animated Series and seeing him being Lex Luthor, I think seeing him as a gangster in Gotham is going to be pretty badass, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I love it. Make someone else, like um, another gangster, what's his name? Um, the other voice actor I really like, who was in the last episode that played the driller. Oh, Ron Perlman. Yeah, have those two big gangsters in Gotham chatting to each other with their cool voices. Oh, Ron Perlman would be great as a mob boss in Gotham. Oh my god, how's it going, Sal? Oh, you can't great. even get you can't even get there. Like his... I can, I can get, I can get to either of them. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, bud. Well, we are going to go into our review, but before we do, every time we come across a new character, we cast them in our own fan-casted live-action Batman: The Animated Series Universe, and we also cast them if we were doing modern day. So we can't be like, I want Clint Eastwood as Batman because he's way too old. And we all know if you're listening to this show and you've listened to previous episodes that I cast people that are too old. But today, folks, I think I I think I got a good one. Well, then why don't you take the floor? All right. So the character we're casting is Boss Biggest, who is a one time. That's pretty good. Well, it's not hard for me to do an impression of a really fat guy that eats too much and goes, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> It's me. That's that's my cast of choice. It's me. <laughs> uh, okay, Boss Biggest. I looked through it. We even had a conversation where I was like, how old do you think he is? And you're like, 40s, maybe 50s. So my choice is 51, but he's a very good 51. Okay, good job on the age. Thank you very much. I noticed that also um, he's way too wide to be a person that you can find in Hollywood, in my opinion. So this person is is husky, he's chubby, but you would have to be in like, like a larger suit, I think. To play yes, I role. agree. The fat suit is required. Yeah. But also, he's very tall. Did you notice how tall Boss Biggis is? Like, he's no. quite kingpin size in a few moments. Mm-hmm. And my choice is someone that is quite tall, is large, ha- can do that type of voice, and also has a bit of comedy to him, which you'll need in this role, right? Like, you've got to be like, I'm being a satire of a very fat, angry person. Mm-hmm. So my choice is Brian Baumgartner, who plays Kevin in The Office. <laughs> okay, well, I thought you were going to say Vincent D'Onofrio when you said Kingpin. Like, because, no. 
especially when you consider his role in um, Men in Black. The way he speaks and that and moves his face sounds just like... Good, good point. Very good point, yeah. Is that your choice? That was my second choice. My choice is super left field. Now, your choice of Kevin, I already think that he's much better cast in the Batman, well, in the DC universe as the toy maker. Oh, oh, buddy. Fuck you. You've done it again. You've found a better choice for my choice. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Vincent D'Onofrio is my number two, which was probably something we'll discuss and choose because he really is perfect in the role. He is a tall guy. He can do comedy. You do the voice and all that stuff. Yeah, you're good. Good shout with Men in Black as well. Yeah, but my choice is uh, anybody who watches WWE, there's a guy that's been on, he created ECW. He's been on the show for like 30 years. His name is Paul Heyman. Do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> no, exactly who you're talking about. And he is just this little, mean, butterball of a man that's just like he's awful. Too short. He's too short, though. I don't think that, like, I didn't really pay attention to how tall he was. Like, I don't think that character needs to be tall because he's just walking around fanning himself, sweating, and eating 16-ounce steaks in one bite. Like, I just see Paul Heyman in a fat suit, just, like, (laughs) like, smiling at people with his wicked little smile. But, you know, I don't think you would get him to do that. So I think Vincent D'Onofrio is the much better choice. I, I think Vincent D'Onofrio is a great choice. Um, but then is he a wasted talent on this throwaway role? You know, like, that's where I think Paul Heyman would be better suited. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, because it's... This is a monster of the week type thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think Vincent D'Onofrio is a, a far better actor, obviously, and deserves a, a more ongoing role. He'd be a good so, Lex Luthor as well, Vincent D'Onofrio. He would be a great Lex Luthor, yeah. Superman. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. You know what? I, I really like Paul Heyman because it's just <laughs> yeah. so silly. It's so silly. And he's like, and he's so eccentric where he's just oh, like, you so know, when he was with top. Taz or like Rhino, and he's like, go! Yeah. And he's just like, you gotta work. I gotta eat. I could see him doing supporting that. Supporting Brock Lesnar, just like walking around with this big doofy smile and just shouting at people. And yeah. Yeah. I love him. Uh, yeah. I, I like it. And I almost want him to keep his ponytail for this role because he just looks ratty and sweaty. Oh, he hasn't had a ponytail since like 2002, bud. He's bald now. How is old he... is he now? Is he too old for this role? I haven't even thought about that. I don't think so. Um, he's 57 years old. Ooh, that's pushing it, bud. Is it? uh, Excuse me. The rules that you put on me. Oh, he, he, you know what? He looks like someone that like went to jail (laughs) and just got released. He just looks like someone who's like, I've lived a hard life. He looks great. Carson trust with the penguin as well, to be honest. He is. Look at that evil little freaking. Oh yeah. That is, that is so boss biggest right there. Yeah. I can see him with like grease stains on his like yeah, purple exactly. shirt. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff in a big fat suit. Like, sounds great. Okay, Boss Vegas played by Paul Heyman. Hell yeah. I love it. That works. I had other choices. Um, like first, well, first of all, he's dead, but he would have been perfect. Chris Farley would have been an amazing Boss Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Chris Farley. I mean, if we were going for dead actors, I also would have, even though he would have been too big for the role. But um, what's his name? The the guy who accidentally overdosed on, not not Chris Farley, the other guy that accidentally overdosed on basically an eight ball. Oh um oh. The P. He's the bad guy in uh, Mission Impossible Two. Three. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Three. Do you have a wife or a daughter? 
I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna hurt her. I'm very sleepy. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Is it... he played Capote as well? He like. Yeah. I've never. What is Capote, by the way? I've never seen it. I just I've never seen it. Either. It's him on the cover. I've never seen it. Um. Oh that, shit. That guy. Everyone knows. What's that his guy. name? I gotta look it up, bud. I gotta look it up. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is Philip his name. Seymour Hoffman. Well done. Starts with a P. Yeah, so that would have been a good one, but yeah, obviously dead as well. Uh, other choices I had, Jack Black. I thought Jack Black would have been pretty good. That's a fantastic choice. God damn it, that was going to be my first choice, but then I switched to Brian Baumgartner in the last minute. Jack Black would have been very good. I could still see Jack Black doing that over Paul Heyman. So I don't think and, you get. I don't know if Paul Heyman would be interested in doing that. Are we switching to Jack Black? Yeah, switch to Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack Black. Is going to now be boss biggest, and Jack I can Black, Jack Black in a fat suit sounds like the funniest thing on screen that I've ever seen. And I can see him like sweaty and oh, like he grunting. Would, yeah, he'd go full on into it. Yeah, he would. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Gas as the toy maker is another good costume. Kyle Gas as the toy maker, yeah, that's a good choice as well. Um, the other choices I had was uh, Jorge Garcia, who's in Lost. He's a heavier set guy. Um, he has a ponytail. Oh yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. That's actually a really good casting choice as well. Thank you. And then I had people like Kevin James as you know, no. kind of in there, but he just don't wouldn't have done it. Keenan Thompson. I thought Keenan Thompson would have done a really good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, lo- uh, I love Keenan. Yeah. Uh, well, who's that other? There's a really there is a a guy. He's a comedian and he's uh, of Latino descent. Um, what's his name? Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. His name is Gabriel Iglesias. Yes, that would be a good choice. Yeah, that's also a very good choice. But buddy, there's one that I was like, he's too old, but you know who would have been absolutely perfect? Now take the height out of this because he's not a tall person. But Danny DeVito would have been an amazing boss. Yes. Oh my God. In like a fat suit. Yep. And like, they gotta work. I gotta eat. And he's just like, you oh, see him as Frank, like spilling out beer and like eating sausages in his pocket. Like, it's basically Frank. That's Reynolds. my choice. I'm going Danny DeVito. <laughs> We've got three people. <laughs> and I mean, granted, he's already been the penguin, but like. Yeah, but like you said, it's a bit roll. Like, he is an older guy, but. Yeah. You know, yeah, he doesn't look as old as he is. And he loves to like put on suits and get weird and stuff like that. So you put. Him in a big fat suit. He's back on the set of Batman doing that role. We'd all love it. Yes, that's the casting choice. Okay, Danny DeVito, definitively now coming back to the Batman scene, but not that's as a right. penguin, as a one-timer villain, which would be what he would do, right? Like, yeah. play Boss Biggest. All right, we finally got there. Boss Biggest, Danny DeVito, locked in. All right, are you ready to review this episode? I am. All right, let's do it. This episode is titled The Forgotten. It came out on October 10th, 1992. Directed by Boyd Kirkland, written by Sean Catherine Derrick, Jules Dennis, and Richard Mueller. Featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman Bruce Wayne, Efren Simbus Jr. as Alfred Pennyworth, Lauren Dreyfus as Salvo Smith, 
Dorian Harewood as Dan Riley, George Murdoch as Boss Biggis, Ian Patrick Williams as Ivan, Richard Mole as the Bat Computer, and Jay Thomas as a guard. All right, buddy, are you ready for some fun facts from my utility belt about this episode? Yes. Okay, first of all, George Murdoch played God on Star Trek, as well as appearing in Orange County, the movie, X-Files, and Smallville. So George Murdoch is Boss Biggis. Um, I thought his voice sounded way familiar, and I was like, I bet there's going to be loads I recognize him from. But there wasn't. I only, like, picked up on a few things. So he must sound like somebody else that I can't think of. Yeah, you think it'd be someone like Greg Berger or something like that, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, someone that can bring their voice to that range. Um, Dorian Harewood is the voice of Dan Riley. And Dorian Harewood is also the voice of Tombstone in Spider-Man the Animated Series. Nice. So we've heard him before. Uh, very different in this episode, being like the nice, friendly guy compared to Tombstone. So he's got a good range. Mm. And as we've mentioned on the Spider-Man podcast, Dorian Harewood is also the Monstar Bupkis in Space Jam. It's always one of my favorite little facts right. about him. He's such a great character in that movie. Uh, he is also in the movie Sudden Death. And he played War Machine in Iron Man, the animated series. That's cool. Oh, and also, one more cred for him, which I hadn't mentioned before, is Modo, who is one of the starring mice in Biker Mice from Mars. He voiced Modo in Ooh. all 65 episodes of that show. Word word up. Next bit of fact, fun fact, fun fact. Next bit of fun fact. <laughs> Next fact. <laughs> Next fact, director Boyd Kirkland felt that broadcast standards and practices undercut the script's essential message, which was, he quotes, There was a sequence at the beginning where Batman is wandering around the city trying to find out why people were disappearing. It was staged with homeless people hanging around on sidewalks, families, mothers, and kids. They made us take all of that out of the boards. They said it was too much for kids to see that maybe a woman or a family can be all out on the streets. They specifically asked what we only show men as homeless interesting very interesting because we do see homeless people at the beginning of this episode and they are all men there's no women there's no kids um well, we did have a whole episode about homeless children but yeah that's true which is literally two episodes before that <laughs> yeah the idea for this episode was conceived when bruce tim and the writers wondered what bruce would do if he lost his memory and was forced to find a solution without gadgets or his costume did you feel reading that that this was like, you know, when a superhero loses his or hers powers. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. And, you know, like Spider-Man 2 or Superman mm -hmm. 2 lose their powers. But since Batman doesn't have any powers, he loses his memory, which I guess is his own superpower in a way. Like his mm -hmm. experience is his superpower. You know, he's trained around the world and he's learned everything. He's greatest detective. So, yeah, I felt like that was the trope they were going for, but tweaking it for a human being instead of a superpowered person. Yes, yes. Quite uh, an astute observation. Oh, thank you. For the character of Boss Biggest, Bruce Tim mentioned how difficult it is to do one-time villains and make them memorable. So it was decided so that... you just made him a big fat guy. <laughs> literally <laughs> almost what I'm about to read. So it was decided that Biggest should be fat and revolting, with the actor George Murdoch, who portrayed Biggest, eating food during his lines for authentic slurping and gulping sounds for the character. Well, DC, you can hire me to do that. <laughs> Hold <laughs> you by lunch. I'm there. I mean, there's sometimes when I'm editing this podcast where one of us makes like a mouth gulp noise, and I'm like, "Oh, that was just..." Oh, tough. I hate. I it's hate. Gross. Like, oh. 
I used to work with a guy at film school. I, uh, we'd be like working on editing in the editing room, and I'd just hit, and I'd be like, <laughs> just, oh, I hated it. Oh God. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool though that the voice actor was like bringing that extra mile to that character because he's only on an episode for like 20 minutes and the show wasn't this big thing at the time that he did this so for him to be like you know what i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna stuff food in my mouth and be like, i'm gonna try and talk while i'm eating and stuffing food in my gut i think that's really cool yeah absolutely i'm Both- being a method actor i'm gaining 300 pounds <laughs> of this one character appearance it's scary how well you do boss figures when you try <laughs> try. i frighten myself the way i know it <laughs> Boss Biggis's huge appetite, slubbery voice, and physique are all reminiscent of Mr. Oh, Mr. Creosote, which is a character in Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. And I looked up Mr. Creosote, and he does look a lot like Biggis. He's just this gigantic, round man that's like covered in gravy and stuff ah, in his face. And beautiful. They <laughs> <Hey>, are beautiful. <laughs> Get in the box. <laughs> I say, I say, I put a box on you. <laughs> when the underminer falls in the water and is believed to be dead, the splash in the water briefly turns into a smiley face. And the creators dislike this episode mainly for being a message show put forth by the original story editors. Oh, well, I actually really fucking enjoyed this episode. I did too, which this leads is... me into my first question. What do you think of it? This is like a... Uh... Cool Hand Luke or like Holes. Do you remember that freaking? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember Holes. To a show with uh, what's his name? Just do it, guy. He was Indiana Jones's son. Yes, and no one cares. He sucks. (laughs) He's a terrible person. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia Shia LaDuff. So yeah, I really liked this episode. Um, it felt, uh, yeah, like you said, it felt like Cool Hand Luke or something like that. And it was just fun, you know? I was like, have, it was just a fun episode. Like, Alfred was being really fun in it. And obviously, the, the main villain is just an absolute, like, just joke. It's just, it was a good time, but I had a great time. I had a great time watching this. Do you know what? I think this is my favorite episode so far. Yeah, I think it's just because you just watched it and you had fun. But you're really going to still, like, if you're leaving what was behind it, it's still the Man Bat episode, which is just a beautiful piece of art yeah this is fun like freaking uh tenacious d like i love that band they're so much fun and then you're like well do i want to do i think dark side of the moon is better than that you know it's like it's like it's a comp like they're both great yeah but they're very different one is a piece of art okay i will say then i think that this episode is one of my favorites yeah for sure. I really enjoyed it. I watched it with my girlfriend. She was like, I'm just going to work. So I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. And she was watching it. The music in this episode, I will say, is way up there is one of my favorite pieces of score from this show. It's like possibly number three. It's so high. <laughs> yeah, I it's love there, everybody. it. It's my brother who's rating everything super high because he's just seen it. <laughs> It's so good, Walt. This is the best episode of Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> it's got the best score, and the bat plane in it, I think, is the better design than the Batmobile. I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, the Batwing does look pretty great. In this it episode. is pretty It's like a TIE fighter when it goes around the corner. Like, That's true. It did have a TIE fighter sound. You're right. Okay, so my thoughts on this episode is, like, it's the second one-off villain that we've seen so far. Right. And he's way more memorable than the sewer king. But what I thought was interesting is that both these one off villains 
love a big old roast dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not? But I, isn't that a weird little As trope? do I. <laughs> and so do I. I, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love, love, love a roast dinner. Both of them, like, loved having a big old turkey leg with gravy and potatoes. Like, first it's of all, they it's, were both greedy. That's why. That's, oh, of course. The writer, everybody. Well done, well done. That's, of course, because they're greedy. But, like, the heat of this place. Where do you think this place is, by the way? It's like, it must be near Gotham, but it's like in the it's fucking... Arizona, right? Yeah, or like New Mexico or something. Mm. Like, yeah, it's it's in the desert. But like having a roast dinner in that heat, buddy, I would be like, this is the worst meal for this weather. <laughs> I just put it outside. Now it's a full on roast. <laughs> do you think it's the same chef as uh, the one for the Sewer King? There's like an ad in the paper where the chef's like looking to work for like an eccentric villain that likes to torture and enslave misfortunate people. Previous work experience, the Sewer King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the dog for you. <laughs> Speciality, I make a banging roast chicken, mate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm banging. <laughs> I got a little sausage in my pocket. <laughs> oh, I, I fell asleep for two. <laughs> all of his, all of his like gang squad are like he does that. <laughs> yeah, I would love a chef just on site, ready to cook for all of these villains. And then like that chef like hits his big break, like the Joker hires him. He's like, I'm. <laughs> i'm making my what the hell would you cook for the joker laughing fish i guess yeah i guess so uh or just a roast chicken he's like it's that good baby <laughs> i love a roast chicken <laughs> so yeah what do you think they're mining in this camp because they never they tell you gold i think didn't they say the gold at one point did they oh i must have missed that because i was like what are they looking for they're always mining but they never find any gold i thought they said gold at some point Maybe. I mean, they had a like a, a water corral, so it must be gold, right? Because they send all of yeah, the... Yeah, but I mean, you could be there. mining anything for that. I mean, but if it's in America, you know, that's the gold rush. So I would assume it's gold. Yeah. And I mean, the harmonica in the music, it gives it that like Western feel, doesn't it? To the whole thing. Like it's the music going back to it is one of my favorites of this show. And it's so catchy. It's not on... The animated series um releases you have to go i know you have to you can go to youtube and you can search the forgotten music score like that's my favorite the stuff so good and yeah i mean you know what i'm just gonna play a little clip of it for the listeners because it's just that great yeah
And then not to mention just that piece of music, but I also love the sneaky music that plays whilst Bruce is like in disguise, sneaking mm. around the streets at night. Cause you've got the Batman score like woven into it. Yeah, it's really slow, right? Yeah, and it's like dum 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 dum, and then it's bum 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 bum. I love that so much. Yeah, good stuff. It's even in his dream sequence too. Um, that, now which, I'm thinking, is this episode I like more than the first one? Because I did. Thank like you. This episode. You know what? To back up oh, my I don't statement, know. that that other episode is so good though. But to back up my statement on why I really love this episode, and maybe I don't love it more than on Leather Wings, but it's it's almost tied with it, is because they show you like what it is to be Batman and Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yes, he had, doesn't have his, his like utility belt and his gadgets and his suit and all of that stuff until the end. But like his nightmare sequences really tell you a lot about oh, Bruce Wayne. So good. Like the freaking when Bruce turns into like the Joker and grabs him and they fall through a building. I was, I said out loud, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That was so good. It was so good. And Conroy doing that laugh as well. Like you heard him try and do his own Joker mm-hmm. laugh. And I love that he sees Bruce in the mirror first. Like that's just, that's really clever. And then also when he's out on the streets and he gives someone some money and then all of these hands, like yeah, I laughed a bit. And because... I laughed because he like just put his chin up and the tear rolled down. His <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mate, you are a billionaire. <laughs> There's like what? And Baker's dozen like homeless people around him. And he's, and he even sticks his freaking chin up at them. And he's like, if only someone was in a position to help Alfred quick, pull the car around. We have to go. <laughs> These 13 homeless people, I can't afford Look, to get them I was going to give home. money to one of them, and then another one came along. I was like, all right, three, four. But <laughs> a baker's dozen, Alfred. That's too many. This is a crisis, Alfred. We can't solve this. We got to go right now. <laughs> They're gathering like rats. <laughs> <laughs> they smell like rats too, Alfred. We have to go. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> <laughs> So I love the alleyway confrontation as Bruce like easily dodges all the goons when he's dressed up in his disguise. And one of them gets so frustrated that he can't hit him that Mm. he just like throws his entire body head first at Bruce and misses. I'm like, dude, if a punch isn't going to make connection, what makes you think your whole body going slower is? He like just goes face first into a bunch of crates and Bruce is like, well, that was easy. (laughs) Like Mm. job done. The thing that hurts this episode to me is Salvo Smith, the comedian, the funny guy. Like, 
I don't think he's funny at all. Yeah, I think no, he, he's terrible. I think he's really annoying. Like, first break I've had all day when he's, like, he's underneath the, the rocks. It's like, hey, I use humor as a deflection mechanism because I'm actually sad. It's like, <laughs> oh, we know. We, we know. You're We're all sad. <laughs> you're cracking jokes in a bad situation. We know what you're doing. You're not original. Pack it in. <laughs> also, Riley says every chain gang has a comedian too and he's not funny and i'm like probably not best for the only black guy in this episode to say every chain gang has a comedian i'm like let's not let's let's leave that out this ain't, this ain't good the moment that boss bigger showed up i was just so happy like you're immediately watching him right like he just draws your attention mm. the moment he shows up on screen from his like giant waddle to his like khaki summer suit yeah his- they start on a wide shot for good reason because jesus christ that dude is packing heat there's a bit where he's like he's in mid-conversation and he slurps up like a 16 ounce steak like he's <laughs> <laughs> just like he's like anyway we need to watch that watch that oh yeah oh yeah Anyway, we need to do something about this. I have a theory for you. My theory is, is that Boss Biggest, yeah, he demonstrates what happens to people that don't work. They get put in the lockbox and they roast in the sun. I think he eats them if they die. <laughs> I don't think that's a turkey leg. I think that's like a human calf because he even calls the box an oven at one point. Like he refers oh. to it as an oven. And I, I think this dude eats people. Yeah, like, if, I like that theory. He says, if those fools let that prisoner escape, I'll eat him alive. And I'm like, this dude's you know a cannibal. This ain't a, this ain't a theory. I, I'm calling it legit. And the, and he just keeps picking up homeless people. So he's eating tons of people. And that's why he's a big fat fatty magoo. Yeah. If they're not finding him gold and working, he'll fucking put them on the dinner table. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> that steak he slurped up was like someone's peck that just yeah. like recently died. <laughs> yep. So Alfred says, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day and it's so gray outside. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> are we in England? <laughs> That's what I thought. And also, thank God for Alfred, right? Like, he is such a good detective in this episode. And Bruce would never have been found. He would yeah. never have gotten his bat plane, the bat suit, utility belt. None of that stuff would have been even brought to his attention if Alfred didn't find him. I thought that was really cool how Alfred like had his moment to shine. And also the first time we've seen him leave Way Manor in this show. The first time he stepped outside the walls. Awesome. So one of my favorite sequences in this episode is the animation inside Boss Vegas's mouth. Like such an original little bit they did where suddenly you're like, why am I in a mouth? And you see like the sandwich coming at you and you see these teeth and his tongue and you're like, ew, I'm inside uh, his mouth. Another, like a homeless sandwich. <laughs> Human flesh. Cold cuts from the dead. <laughs> Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> For me, I have to eat. You have to eat. <laughs> Um, what do you think of the montage scene where Bruce gets his memory back? I, you know, when he like remembers when Riley goes, my family, my family. Well, also props to the actor Riley. Like he really got into it. He was like, my fucking family. I miss them. Yeah. And I loved how he couldn't remember how old his kid was. And like, it's already starting to get to him. But yeah, what like the, the sequence of Batman remembering, I thought was really cool. Like you get like him as a boy. Yeah. I thought that for a second, like. I thought Thomas chucks him in the air. I thought for a second they were going to do 
Bruce just fallen to the ground because they're dead. Like, and he's remembering that. Oh, like it was like a memory where he was like, "Yes, my dad's chucking me in the air." And then suddenly he's like, "Boom!" And it's the the hard hold reality of the real life on the floor. Boss Vegas like, is like eating his dead body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're Wednesday so prime. <laughs> I now love that Boss Vegas is just gonna go around taking bites out of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a full-on cannibal now. <laughs> <laughs> He's so Danny DeVito, isn't he? He's just walking around while, while people are working on, on the on the mine. He just walks up to them. He just like licks the back of their neck. <laughs> Be- better not stop working, otherwise you'll go in the oven. Twenty more days when this one's ready. <laughs> it's dry aged. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, but that whole flashback sequence of him remembering what I really love is all those bats like flying around the bell tower. You see the Wayne um, gravestone spin around, and then it just pans up the building, and you see like Batman from the back, and he turns around, and his face lines up directly with where Bruce's face is. I love that. I thought that was a really cool way yeah. of being like, okay, I'm Batman now. And then he instantly escapes the box, doesn't he? He's just like, you've got to pull it together. And then he's just like, it's just like a superhero getting his powers back. He's like, all right, I can do this. I love that. Yeah, and of course, Batman would know how to do it. He's trained uh, with all those magicians, of escape artists and stuff. So kicking himself over the box, finding the weak spot in the box is not far-fetched at all. No, absolutely. That's a very good point. So the Batcomputer is so sassy with Alfred when <laughs> yes, Alfred's fine. Like where Alfred's like, land you bucket of bolts. And it's like your funeral. And I'm like, the back computer should not be saying that. And, and mine then, if we crash. Yeah. And also like, as it's flying, it's like caution rocks. Like it just doesn't get oh, a shit. Really? Really? Back computer? <laughs> rocks. Didn't see that one out of the fucking window. <laughs> and then when he gets out and he collapses, it's like, mind your step. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> <laughs> it's got so much sass. Yeah, it does. But I mean, Alfred is great. I mean, there's a line that he says that you and I still say all the time today when he just says, you know, he drives off and it uh, flies off and then he just goes, oh, dear. <laughs> you and I still use that to this day. And I kind of forgot that it was from this moment because yeah. Alfred his like poshness just reminds me of just people that we grew up with, like family members and things like that. And oh, dear is something we heard a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I love that line so much. But what I don't get is when he falls out of the, the Batwing, he goes, I claim this land for mm. Spain, yeah. which I know is referencing like... Um, something to do with um, an old movie or a play or something. I don't know. Oh, we, yeah, we no, you're don't. right. You're, you're right. There was a reference to that. Um, I remember reading it a while ago and being like, oh, okay, that's what it is. But still... Why are you referencing some like throwaway movie line or play and not like I claim this land for England or for the Queen? Like that would have made sense yeah. instead of him being silly. Well, then he's clearly referencing something very specific that you and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, when Batman breaks up Biggis's giant dinner that he's eating, he comes yeah, in with people he, dinner. <laughs> he comes in with two unconscious goons in each hand, Fresh and he just. Meat. <laughs> well you know what he just tosses them both one-handed each like has a villain mm. in each hand just tosses them like they weigh nothing he throws them they're like rag dolls i'm like batman i know you've remembered that you're batman but you you don't have super strength like he walks in like he's throwing pieces of paper on the table nah, that's badass 
it is cool, but and like Boss Biggers is probably like mm, from oh, yeah. from farm to a table, of, baby. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of muscle on that one. <laughs> So I do love when Batman and Biggis are escaping the collapsing mine and the water corral is like the way out. It just reminded me of like if Batman was like in a water park and he was on like a water slide or something <laughs> because they both like Batman looks like he's quite enjoying it at one point. I was expecting them both to be like smile at the camera as you know they would get their picture taken and then what like get an ice cream after and be like hey there was, there's us in the, in the, in the slide. <laughs> Uh, Batman also has a great joke at the end uh, when Biggis can't swim and he begs Batman not to let him drown and Batman says when you taste the prison food you'd wish I had and I was like oh Batman's got a joke there like it's people <laughs> <laughs> and he's like I'm in baby <laughs> take me to jail <laughs> what happened to my boys <laughs> oh no I'm a human meat stuck in it so at the end Riley Ed offers- Asner would have been good in that role Oh, Ed Asner would have been very good in that role. You're right. At the end, Riley offers Bruce and Salvo a place to live, and Bruce's hair is black again and no longer white. And I'm like, they still don't recognize him as Bruce Wayne, for one. And also, why haven't they questioned why his hair has changed color? I don't think, you know, Bruce Wayne is popular amongst the high society, but I can totally see uh lower society not knowing who the fuck or bruce wayne looks like you know i i guess that i mean that makes a little bit of sense but what i don't get is how his hair is now black and they're like yeah that's cool you didn't have white hair when i knew you well he's not stressed anymore so it's gone back to black right (laughs) so bruce offers them both a job which i thought was kind of like a let's just uh smooth this episode over because we can't solve a homeless crisis you know what i mean like yeah but i thought it was a very nice gesture but he also just said hey if you're looking for a job like i maybe i can help and then he gets his car and drives away. So picture these guys going to Wayne Enterprise being like, Bruce Wayne told me I can get a job. And they're like, yeah, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And the other 10,000 people that had just walked in there with their holes in their shoes, get out of here, screen. Yeah, and I eat human meat, buddy. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he just, and then he also, like, he's chauffeured away by Alfred, like, and even more like, fuck you, where he's just like, hey, you're still homeless and living in poverty. I'm going home to my mansion. Bye. Yeah. I think that they, you know, they had to wrap it up in the time they had. So him just saying, like, if you need a job, just let me know. It makes sense. But I guess he could have said, like, he could have given them, like, his phone number, like a business yeah, card. Exactly. Like, when you, if you guys are interested, just ring me and I'll make sure that. You or say, it. like, or even go the extra mile and be like, when you wake up tomorrow, head to this address. Your offices are waiting for you. You know what I mean? Like that's you got a bit too much because it's like they're like, well, I don't want to fuck it. You just assume I want to work for you. <laughs> I have an office waiting. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I like human meat now. It's the only thing that gets me off. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes me hard and come, bud. <laughs> well, that is the end of the forgotten, and I was really happy to watch it again. And that episode yeah. just reminds me of you and like watching it with you. Yeah, it is one of my favorites. It's a, you know what? I won't say it's my favorite episode. You're right. I think that's too far of a stretch. But I will say it's my favorite guilty pleasure of this whole series. Like, yeah, it, it's. I'd say it's it's more rewatchable than the on leather wings that episode. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it's just fun. It's just a bit of fun. Alfred's yeah. funny in it. You know, the bad guy is hilarious. The location, it's all different. Great music. It's just a fun episode, and I'm. It's I could see why 
when you think of you, when you think of Batman the animated series, you don't think of Cool Hand Bruce, right? Like it's just yeah. it's not what you think of. So Cool Hand Bruce. So yeah. it is. Uh, it is cool um, that it's a part of the show. I think it adds to its charm. Yeah, I do too. All right, our first segment of the day is Love That Batman. Love That Batman! This is a segment where my brother and I can't just choose one best Batman moment of the entire series. So every time we watch an episode, we choose our favorite Batman moment. These are moments where we just go, oh, that is just so Batman, or that Batman, he looks so cool there. Oh my God. So... In this episode, in particular, there was a few, but I've got one. Now, I always go first in this, so I'll let you go first this time, bud. What was your favorite Love That Batman moment? I'll always say I'll always choose when Batman is fully in the shadows, and I really like when um, Boss Hog, or whatever the guy's name is, Boss uh, Hog, uh, is on the elevator, and he turns around, and Batman like walks out the shadows, and the light creeps up his body. And his eyes are just there in the darkness looking cool. That's my moment as well. It's definitely in the mine, in the shadows. I love that whole sequence. I love how Batman's taking them out one by one in the darkness. And I love how they're like, let's see if this bat can see in the dark. And I'm like, you guys are so fucked. You've yeah, just you, given you, him his superpower by turning the lights out. Like, yeah, like I feel like he cracked his knuckles, like cracked his neck and he was like let's go to work baby yeah um and the scene i like the most out of that is yeah when biggest and one of his men hear a goon screaming for help in the darkness and they're like are you okay and batman just walks out of the shadows and goes not exactly and it's like dan 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 and then the light just hits him i'm like he looks so cool yeah yeah i love all of that all right, yeah. I mean, we both had pretty much the same thing. It was the moment I was watching it. I was like, he's going to pick the mind sequence as well for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's not an exciting segment because it's always pretty much like that point where Batman looked the coolest. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's. I mean, there's there's one almost every episode, so that says a lot about how good the show is at depicting Batman. All right, our next segment is riddle me this, William. Focus, focus, focus. But you'll still have to answer the riddle. I can't believe it's luck. Oh, darn. Now there's a riddle for you. A lucky guess, that's all. Now, now, no sore losers. <laughs> this is a quiz game that I play with my brother to make sure he's paying attention to the episode. Some questions are super hard. Some are fairly simple. They're all being posed in a riddle format. So, are you ready? I am ready. I am. Are you will I am? I will I am ready. <laughs> Question one. Riddle me this, William. When Bruce asks what's in his green mush that he's being fed, what does Salvo say it is? Oh, God, I don't know. Gruel. sandwiches. He goes, uh, what is this? And he, like, tilts the bowl upside down, and this, like, green sludge falls out, and that's what they're being fed. Spinach. No, it's something, it's an animal, I'll tell avocado. you that. Avocado? An animal? Last time I checked, an avocado is not an animal. <laughs> no, it's just green. Um, a green animal, huh? No, no, don't take the colour into consideration, it's just Let's an see, what would they be? Oh, oh, I know what he says. He goes, yeah. if, it's, if it wiggles, it's the rat. Yeah, and if it's not moving, it's cooked rat. Yeah. 
I think it's just the leftover stuff from what Boss Big has done when they eat the people, and he's just feeding it back to the it's humans. My throw up because when I eat too much, I'm like a oh robot. god. I have a bucket, and I just go here, feed that to them. It's what you do with pigs, actually. You just give them a trough, and you're just like fat them up because I'm gonna eat them. Yeah. He's just he's just he's just eating. I'm disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really dark, and you don't even know. Uh, darker than you think. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen my penis in 30 years. <laughs> I don't think it's there anymore. I just pee, and uh, it drips out from a crack in my ass. <laughs> oh, no. I picked the mushrooms under my stomach to decorate my food with. <laughs> oh, God. All right, back to the quiz game. I'm hosting this quiz game. Got to pull it together. Okay, question two. Riddle me this, William. According to Alfred, who loathes daylight more than Batman? Loathes daylight more than Batman? When he goes to wake Bruce up, he goes, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day. And he opens the curtains and he goes, not here. I can't think of anyone who loathes daylight more than Batman other than... Oh, I don't know. Really? I thought you would have picked this up. Other than a vampire? I don't know. Yes, correct. Vampire really? is the correct answer. Yeah. No, that was completely out of my ass. Well done. <laughs> Did it come out of I your penis? Out of my ass. <laughs> I oh. feel like you and I are going to do this voice a lot, like on <laughs> pod with one another. I pulled it between the piles of my ass. Oh. <laughs> Question three, riddle me this, Willie. It's like sticking my hand into a Snickers bar. <laughs> a melted Snickers bar. <laughs> oh, God, I can't get through this. <laughs> uh, okay, question three. It's like a bag of almonds. <laughs> oh, God, just let me ask this question. <laughs> bag of almonds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> okay, question three. Riddle me this, William. How did Alfred? Uh, how did Alfred notice Bruce was missing? Because the car was checked out from his super cool, once only seen, I would assume, room of different vehicles, which is also known as a garage. <laughs> yeah, but it was like in the back cave, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, it was in the back cave, but it's yeah. still it was still a garage, right? Like that's where all the cars. Yeah, are. you know, little sparking like numbers, which I thought was fun. Yeah, that was cool. The Studebaker's gone. Yeah, mm. I love that. Correct. So you've gotten... Studebaker? I had an hour. <laughs> That's such a stupid joke. Why did I laugh? Yeah, my wife always laughs at that joke as well. It's such an easy laugh. Okay, you've gotten three right so far. I gave you some hints, but, I'll, you know, you got three right. Okay, question four. Riddle me this, William. What is the name of the canyon that Bruce escapes into? And I will give you a hint. It's an animal, so it's blank canyon. Coyote Canyon. Oh, that's a very good guess. Uh, but not Coyote Canyon. It begins with an F. That's my final offer of two. <laughs> Fox Canyon. Fox Canyon is correct. Well done. Coyote Canyon is much better. It's a much Fox better name. I almost wanted to give you points just because that <laughs> is a better name. Question it's five. fun to say, Coyote Canyon. Yeah. Question five. What does Salvo do to Biggis that sentences him to time in the box? So Salvo does something oh, he to goes. Boss Biggis. He does. He blows a raspberry. Correct. You got five out of five. Well, I do have a bonus for you. You're not going to get it, but I thought maybe he clocked this and was like, "I'm gonna." he might ask me that. Oh, you know what, bud? I'm going to tell you that this bonus is worth 100 points. 
Okay. Wow. But you'll be able to bank these points, so even if you come close to dying next time, you'll use these points as like a, I get to live. A hundred okay. points, yeah? Bonus question. Riddle me this, William. What is Bruce's disguise's name? He puts on a disguise. Ooh, it starts with a G, doesn't it? It does. It's a ridiculous... Is his first name Guy or Gus? Oh, so close. It is not Guy or Gus. Gad or something like that? It's G-A, and it's not a name that you know. Like, it's not Guy or Gus or, like, Gary or something like that. It's Is it three, three letters, his first name? It is four, but one of them is a double, which is the last two letters. There's G-A, and then one other letter that is a Ooh, double. is it? No. I don't know. Uh, I I mean I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's like Gore Mixon or something like that. Is it, it GM at least? Yes, it is GM. You're right. All right. Well, give me twenty points for that. All right, I'll give you twenty points for remembering that. His name is Gaff Morgan. Okay. Yeah. I, that's pretty. That's a yeah, GM. You did. I'll give it to you. I'll give you the the twenty points for knowing it was GM. Um, Gaff Morgan which we never see again. This is the only time we see Gaff Morgan. He probably was like, I've never been that character again. I had to live as him. And like, I got knocked out. Like, I don't want to go back to that. (laughs) Ironically, he'd be like, huh? Yeah, I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our final category of the day is Ace the Bat Sound. I like that. This is where I ask my brother to name the character that the musical score I'm playing for him. So So he gets one point if he gets to name the character for the musical score. Two points if he can describe the episode where we first see this character. And three points if he can name the episode. Are you ready to play? Yes. I'm going to start by giving you a little clue, okay? Because... This is this character's theme, but it's played for them, not on their first appearance, but it is their theme, okay? So think about this character's theme is played after we first see them, Mm. all right? That was so good, right? It's one of my yeah, favorites. Like I feel like that's Harley Quinn, right? Correct, bud. Absolutely. Yeah. That is Harley Quinn's. It's like the Joker's theme, but like more buoyant and fun almost. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so much fun. Okay. So now that you know it's Harley Quinn, can you describe the first episode that she appeared in, which is not where this musical clip comes from? Because obviously she appeared before she had her own musical score. I think she appears um, in the one where is it joker has a bomb and she like walks in and she's like and she's with him correct so that is part of that episode but can you tell me what that episode is 
the first appearance of Harley Quinn ever is in this episode, and it's one of your favorite Joker episodes. Oh, is it um, with the... Correct. Yeah, with... Uh, what's his name? Okay, Chuckers! Charlie Collins! That's right. See, that's her first appearance episode? Ever. Her first wow. appearance It's still ever. like... I don't know. Is that my favorite episode? I'm not sure. I love that episode. It's very good. Well, we'll obviously wait to find when out when we review Joker it. In that, that, the car. It's just pure how I feel about the Joker. Yeah. Okay, so... Can you name that episode? Oh, my God. Joker's Favor. Correct. Well done. Well done. I was singing the song and my brain went, that's the name of the song. I was like, oh. <laughs> well done. Okay, so you've got all of those rights. you got four points on that. Now, for extra points, that musical clip that you just heard, which is the first time Harley Quinn's theme ever appears in the show. <laughs> I'm going to play you a voice clip from that episode and see if you can tell me what the name of the episode is or what it's about okay ready any ideas what you got in the bottles plant toxins from the museum lab good enough few clues in there no nothing nothing Okay, the episode where we first hear Harley Quinn's theme is called Harley and Ivy. It's when Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn team up and basically take down all of the crime in Gotham. Like, oh, they just yeah, run yeah. the streets. And it's all about, like, you know, like, female power in that episode and them not taking shit from any of the men and her breaking a toxic relationship with the Joker. All of that. And I thought that would be a clue because she says, what do you got in the bottle? And she's like, plant toxins, and it's poison ivy's voice but that's fair no, i can tell that it was poison ivy that she was talking to but there's not the only time those two have teamed up so gotcha thinking, uh, i don't really know fair deuce all right well well done you got the game right that was just an extra bonus so you've done very well in the games today bud thank you very much congratulations all right and our last category of the day is what are you doing with your life, buddy? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you thinking about? What are the things that make you go, oh, yeah, that's a little bit of me, baby? <laughs> um, I'm not doing much. I'm rewatching Succession in preparation for the final season to come later on in the month. And I finished watching The Walking Dead, which uh, I enjoyed. A lot of crap in there, but there was a lot of good stuff as well. I can't believe there's going to be so many freaking spinoff shows. It's crazy. There's a Negan uh, Maggie show, which I don't have any interest That's in. That's a seeing. weird combo of characters. Well, you know, Negan killed Glenn. I know that, but like, and I know you told me the resolve between them yeah. in the show, but like, to, for it to carry on, like, just leave that alone. You know what I mean? Like, let that relationship die in The Walking I, Dead. It's so weird. It's like the show's over, but they didn't wrap up storylines and now they're continuing them in two three other shows coming a daryl dixon show where he's in france mon ami um <laughs> and... <laughs> i love how you, you did that the other day on the phone with you They're like bonjour mon ami <laughs> bonjour mon ami why don't you get french baguette and some spaghetti on it <laughs> i also eat people yeah sometimes back in shit <laughs> <laughs> you're saying it so quietly it's even harder to understand what you're saying yeah, 
Dark Saints. You know, I have Blade Two. All right, what else besides the Walking Dead marathons you've been going on? Uh, I've been reading the Walking Dead, and I've been watching Hell's Kitchen still. Honestly, all my time has been focused on advertising and promoting the Kickstarter, so that's really taken over my life. Fair dues. Absolutely. Well, I'm watching the new season of Mando. I know you watched episode one of season three as well, and we both thoroughly enjoyed it. It's like good old-fashioned Star Wars again. Um, It's like having a very tasty slice of pizza. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and like pizza that you would get from your childhood as well. You know what I mean? You're like, ah, nostalgia bites. Mm -hmm. I love it. Sorrento's Um, Pizza from Sorrento's, a great pizza restaurant in New Jersey that may have been a front for the mob and is sadly (laughs) shut down now. Because the mob died. (laughs) (laughs) They were all wiped out. No one. Sorrento was shot. And Who's going to take care of this pizza joint now? Hey, you just burn it down for the insurance money, <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Finally, we've both been whacked. We accidentally, like, just completely with conjecture figured out, like, the <laughs> truth about them. New Jersey mafia. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well, God, I just want pizza. I just want to eat pizza now. What? <laughs> hey boss i was just listening to this podcast and these guys know about the salvo rig do you know about this what podcast is it well you remember that batman cartoon from the 90s <laughs> yeah one of my favorites <laughs> my kid listens to the show i don't know and i just walk in and i heard anyway we gotta go whack these guys you could stop the mob from coming in by cooking them a delicious pizza from penis pizza like this guy gets it he gets it there's a bit of serenos in here I ain't going to whack him, but we are going to start using Penny's Pizza as a fund for our organized crime act. Fine by me. (laughs) (laughs) Bring on the money and the franchises, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That pepperoni is human meat. (laughs) As long as you start making garlic nuts, then yes, that will happen. Oh, yeah. The garlic nuts will be coming at some point. I have a plan. Um, okay, I'm also watching Parks and Rec or rewatching Parks and oh, Rec yeah. with my girlfriend. And uh, the first season we skipped, kind of like what we do with The Office now yeah, when rewatching. Fair um, and that show really hits its stride around like the end or mid part of season three. And we've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just been so good. Ever since you cast Nick Offerman as Gordon mm-hmm. and you compared it to Ron Swanson, I was like, I really want to go back and watch that show. And um, first of all, you're so right. Like it's so Gordon. Most of that show, he's just being commissioner Gordon, even at his desk. I'm like, that's Gordon. Like, just mm-hmm. look at him. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a really fun show. The The characters are all really well done and it's basically a live action Simpsons. That's what I've determined. Mm-hmm. It's that's what it is. It's like the yes. town of Springfield, the town of Pawnee. They've all got these random little characters mm. that come back, like the porn star or the like the tattooed guy that like owns the pawn shop. Like there's all these little yes, characters. You, yeah, it's a very good analogy that it's it's uh, like the Simpsons. Yeah, and also it's got one of the best songs to a, a a TV show ever. I never skip it. It's like no, we with, don't either. Same with Succession. Like the song to Succession is so good. That I never skip it. And then it's the same with Parker Rec because the Parker Rec theme just makes me feel good. And then the other thing that I'm going to see, I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I'm going to go see Creed 3 tomorrow. And for me, I love that series. Uh, I like Creed 1. I like Creed 2. I like it. Actually, it was the reverse for me. I never watched the Rocky movies growing up, but 
coming across Creed, I was like, I want to go back and watch the Rocky movies because I've never yeah, seen them. Haven't you still not seen Rocky 3? Uh, I've still not seen Rocky 3, no. I've seen like, Rocky, Rocky what are you 1, doing with your 2, and 4. I've seen Rocky 4. I've seen Ivan Drago. Okay. Rocky 3 is with Mr. T. Oh, I, th- I thought Rocky 3 was the Ivan Drago one, right? No. Rocky yeah. 4 is the best one. And yeah, I really like the series. Really looking forward to it. Michael B. Jordan directing is an interesting choice. See how he does. But I really love the music more than anything in those movies. That's really like motivational for me at the gym and it drives you. And it's it's the same composer as uh, Mandalorian. It's Ludwig Granson. So he rocks that. So yeah, I love that. And I'm looking forward to seeing it tomorrow. Um, I think that's it, bud. I think that's the episode. Is there anything you want to add before we jet off? Just please, everyone, if you can, pledge to my Kickstarter to help make my passion project and dream book a reality. You can go on kickstarter.com and search for Outbreaks, or you can go anywhere on my social media and you'll see a link for it as I'm posting two or three times a day about it. Uh, and head to speechcomics.com to read the first five pages for free. That's right. Do whatever you can. Greatly appreciated as always. And the same with the podcast, guys. If you can leave us a five-star rating and review, that means a lot to us and we love to read them. And if you do leave them, we might even read them on the podcast. So that would be an awesome shout out. So please share this online as much as you can. Tell a friend. That's super helpful. Probably don't have friends, but Probably don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't bunch have any fucking friends. nerds listen to this shit. You're my only friend. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> At least we got one friend. Nerd. <laughs> I love that. We're like, please share and help us out, you fucking nerds. <laughs> Turn them instantly because we realize the situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat you. I'll put you in the oven. Yeah, I'll eat you. Yeah. Anyway, we're having a convention. We're gonna meet everyone there. We're gonna cook you. I'm gonna eat you. I want to dress you like Boss Biggers at a convention. <laughs> I want to yes. put you in a purple shirt and a fucking khaki suit and a hat like a fedora. Give you a big old turkey leg and just have you walk around. See if anyone goes. Is that Boss Biggers? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's big fucking fat guy. <laughs> Get back to work. <laughs> I love that you didn't add, put me in a fat suit or anything like that. It was literally, he said, put me in a purple shirt. <laughs> Sorry. You're not that fat. You're right. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, you're, you're fat enough to me, my guy. You have a purple shirt. Put you in the... Uh, I've got a purple bed sheet that we can cut to a shirt for you, bud. sheet. We'll put you in the suit that he wears in the whale, okay? There we go. That will be enough. All right. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at that. Oh, my God. Oh, the fact that I didn't say that. Oh, I feel terrible. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny, man. I, I think I got some purple curtains I don't want to use anymore. <laughs> yeah. I got a tarp that I usually chuck over in the background. Oh, God. Use that as one pant leg or something. all right let's finish this that's all the time we've got for this week join us next time we'll continue talking all things batman the animated series until then i've been alex robson i've been will robson and remember that we are vengeance we are the night we are a podcast toodles Yeah, I was just watching someone on YouTube build the uh, new Lego Rivendell set. But it's this—it's this new. Yeah, it's brand new. 
I don't know how much it is. It looks expensive. Like it's probably like 500 quid or even more or something stupid. Lego is it just, like one of the really big ones then? Lego is more expensive than like a mortgage buying, payment. <laughs> yeah, buying stocks and like Amazon or something like that. <laughs> But um, um yeah. yeah, it's really detailed and there's like loads of hidden things, like a hidden Sauron eye and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I wish I was just a millionaire so I could just buy stupid shit like this. And How big is it? it? Pretty big. It's, um, I don't know, I guess it's like this big. Okay, so like the size of the Millennium Falcon that they sell. Yeah, probably bigger. Wow. Like it's, it's a big, it's a huge set. Like it's, you have Rivendell, you have like um, the gazebo where I think that's where Aragon dies or something like that. Where he's laid to rest on like that gazebo thing. No, that's in Gondor. Okay. Um, it's where in the Hobbit where uh, Gandalf meets with like Saruman and Elrond and Galadriel. And he's just like dark powers are coming back and okay. like all of that stuff. Yeah. And there's and the, there's obviously the spot where they put the ring and down on the table and there's seats for all of them and it's every minifigure is in it and and there's like like a little spot where um, Bilbo like writes his story and shit and I was just like this is really fucking cool like it's really cool that sounds fun I didn't know Lord of the Rings were doing more Lego they're, yeah they're back with with a vengeance do you think that's because uh, Warner Brothers and New Line have struck a deal to do more movies. So they're like, let's bring back, just like they did with Star Wars, right? When well, they, Star Wars came back, they were like, let's bring out all the fucking retro figures. I think the thing was, is they'd had Lego Lord of the Rings sets and that they were releasing during The Hobbit, but like the hype for all of it was kind of gone. And I don't think they sold particularly as well as they wanted them to. And now Lego's doing all this like, super detailed sets for like proper adults that want to build stuff and they're doing that with lord of the rings and it's a great idea yeah it's a really really nice set like god if they ever built like a helm's deep i'd have to save up like time i would start a kickstarter just for me to buy helm's deep <laughs> hey everybody, kickstarter just, i have now. gotta spill rough some uh i love this so give me the money nothing in return maybe a thank you if i feel like it yeah, special thanks in Lego by me. <laughs> it's just you on the floor building the Lego set. You look at the camera and you're like, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. you, guys, you guys paid for me to take a month off of work and build this Lego set. <laughs> Your wife's just like in the background shaking her head like, fuck's sake. <laughs> what are you doing? Checking on my Kickstarter. Are you obsessing over it? Are you checking it every, like, five seconds? Well, I get automatic updates, so there's no point in checking it, really. But do you still find yourself checking it? Of course. Yeah, Just exactly, right? It was a mistake and it didn't let me know something. I get it, man. When I was raising money for pizza, I was doing the same thing. I get notified, but I'm still like, man, I have a cheeky look, refresh. Oh, it's still the same number. Fuck. Did you raise that 3000 Yeah. Did you ask for 3000 Yeah. You raised it, right? I think I gave you 50 quid, didn't I? Yeah, something like that. Or maybe yeah. you like 30, 30, something, some equivalent. Whatever you could give. It's like me with this. You don't remember the amount that I gave you? Oh. No, I don't. <laughs> and you're not going to remember oh. the amount I gave you in a couple years. Uh, 35, I do remember. Not you're going to remember? remember. Oh, you're it's such the a age cut. that you were two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> One year ago, you Funny bastard. <laughs> I'm 36, <laughs> motherfucker. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should get another quid then. <laughs> just pledge a pound yeah uh, all right i'll do that great thank you 
That's one no, I won't. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch, you tricked me. Gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Should we do a podcast? I don't know, but I've done so many podcasts recently. Oh, oh, what a fucking famous podcaster oh, he is. I guess then. I'll just go on this fucking bullshit podcast <laughs> that nobody listens to. All right, here we go in three. Well, here we go. I can't wait. Two. <laughs> <laughs> just powering through. One. <laughs> Am I going? <laughs> You psyched me out. Now you're fucking with me. Zero. Now you got me. You got me. Uh, okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything. I don't know why I laughed. Okay. All right. Ha. Uh, okay. It's a podcast. Yeah. Here we go. Come on, cool guy. Let's do this. Why do you have to say that right before I did it? 